0: And it is a thriller, boys and girls, children of all ages. Potty's War is back for the first time in... Well, the Dodgers weren't the World Series champions of the time, so that's been a, a while, at least. Well, I'm happy about the Dodgers, because we all know my, my, my team alliances make no sense. But yes, yeah, so you know me, or you should know me, if you've listened to this show before, Andrew Snowflake Balls. and I'm doing the uh, the intro. Because we're missing a person, we're down. We're down. The wonderful, you know, MVP, the uh, the velveteen pipes, the vel. Well, may- I shouldn't say velveteen because that's going to give some uh, some interesting implications. So let's just stick with velvet pipes. He's uh, he's off on assignment, doing things, getting his mojo. Hopefully not too much mojo, or Amber's going to yell at him. But we got a wonderful stand-in, whom you all know, in a different part. Because before he was pretending to be the commissioner PC Tony but now he just gets to be on air talent and talk for fun so everybody say hello to Big Dave
2: what is up guys yes the Dodgers world champions much too. Eh, I don't even know if I'm disappointed I mean then that after what the Nats did to him last year fine whatever have your party 32 I'm- years I guess that's long enough
0: I'm not even going to go crazy about it because it's still quarantine year. It's still quarantine, shortened season, so it it only counts so much. I look at it more as karma because the Astros screwed them and then the commissioner went on record calling the trophy a piece of metal and saying that it made no sense to take away the title reign. So it's just karma to me. That's all. It's just nice to see the Dodgers finally pull it out and Kershaw to get that monkey off his back.
2: They were by far and away the best team. In baseball for this abbreviated season And when you come back against a team like the Braves And you're down 3-1 to one, And then you beat a team like the Rays You know, you've earned it You can put an asterisk next to it all you want But I mean, I just think All these champions, you know The Lightning, the Lakers, the Dodgers You win a title under these circumstances There shouldn't be an asterisk Next to any of that shit That's just my opinion
0: No, that, that that's a fair point That That's a fair point and since I already I mentioned that you pretended to be him a few weeks ago and he's back in full force, we get our, our original moderator, the commissioner. PC Tani's back in the house. I was this where I say eintercanthan? Or is this
3: where I say could, Pot is Wars brought to you by the Chairshot.com?
1: Oh you can do that if The Chairshot.com. <laughs> Always use your head.
3: I, I would also like to let you know that ray cash and myself on three man weave this week follow us at three underscore man underscore weave no i think there's only one underscore i don't know you'll find it it's on the chair shot this week though.
2: Shit. way to pimp it Tuddy.
3: we had Good dp job. we had the scientist with us but i told them that christopher platt enjoyed the uh movie version of cats so much that he is off getting a tail implant right now so he'll be back with us next week I also want to let you know that no, it's true. and whiskers, the screw and whiskers two in his face on each side of his mouth. He can get he could take them out to go to work and then he can put him back
0: in. he He fell in love with the movie. What do you? Why are you mad at me? I think more people enjoyed last Jedi than cats. so you should have probably went for a different movie. Cats was fucking terrible. <laughs> Tell that to Chris
3: next week when he comes back with a tail and whiskers, okay?
0: Okay. All okay, right.
3: Yeah, I I, could, I, could also, I really
2: hope he. I really hope he does.
3: Well, it's worth. <laughs> it, it must be worth it because he's missing the premiere of season four of Pot is War. That's right. This is officially the beginning of season four of Pot is War. There you go.
2: I'm on the season premiere of something other than Attitude of Aggression or Bandwagon Nerds. I feel good.
3: Are you I kidding me? You're on all the big shows. You were just on DWI 250. You got Bandwagon yes. Nerds 50th episode coming up. Season premiere of, uh, you know, season four of Pot is War. What what more could you want?
2: Yeah, I know, I mean, I went one for three on Hell in a Cell matches on my our prediction show.
0: <laughs> awesome. <laughs> we're but you get... were on the show. That's what matters. We're, were going to get to that. That's right. We're gonna That's right. That. We're going to get to that. Ah, wow. All right, so this is nice. We've we've got a nice rapport on Potty's War Season 4. So should we get into number one, or do you want to, you know, kick us off with more plugging, or do we do plugging later? Now that Chris isn't here, it's just all off the rails. More off the rails. What would you like? Mr. Moderator I would say before we get into
3: topic number one while you're listening to this podcast open up your internet browser head on over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot make yourself McClure, look look mook you know if you talk too fast the first continents continents the continents is getting, it's getting even worse prowrestlingtees.com forward <laughs> slash
0: messes up all of your continents <laughs> I think I was trying
3: to say make yourself look more aesthetically pleasing at your next indie oh, show. There this you go. Is fantastic. Let's get into it. Topic number one. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> right folks and before you knew it you were knee deep in the middle of the Halloween episode of Pot is War that's right all right Hell in a Cell. I'm going to introduce this topic like so because I was impressed with this this pay-per-view so much and here's why it felt special not everybody and their mother was on this show I understand it ended up being six matches but the pre-show match was a pre-show match okay the other two matches served purposes because you needed to put matches in between the Hell in a Cell's because you had three Hell in a Cell matches, which to me were all excellent in their own way. Gentlemen,
0: please pontificate. I mean, I'll just start off with the something strange is that I agree. I enjoyed the shit out of this show. The Hell in a Cell matches were great. The show was great, and I'm the, not the WWE guy. So Dave, you, you can do most of the heavy lifting on this because WWE is way more your thing than my thing. I just wanted to make sure everybody knew that I, I'm in agreement. Hell in a Cell was pretty
3: goddamn good this year. Before you, before you, before you go, and, and I want you to go and, and unabashed, right? And I'll shut up in two seconds. But it is so, 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 so apropos. That Christopher Plant is not here when Andrew just comes right out and only thing he says is, "I really enjoyed this WWE show." Dave, don't let Andrew talk. Go.
2: I want to hear more of what Andrew has to say. Yeah. uh, I I enjoyed the show a lot. I look, I thought two of the Hell in a Cell matches were fantastic. The third one was good a little too paint by the numbers for me. Too predictable, but it was I good. That's a really The undercard good matches, I didn't give a shit about. I mean, I, I did kind of like the swerve on, on, on the whole Otis Miz thing a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that was cool, but yeah, I mean, Elias and Jeff Hardy didn't do it for me. Uh, Lashley destroying Slap Nuts. Who gives a shit? Uh, you know, Retribution just gets buried even more. Four on one, and Lashley beats the fuck out of him, so I, I didn't care about that, but The three cell matches carried this and made this a very, very, very good pay-per-view. So I agree with you guys there. And two of those Hell in a Cell matches were fantastic. One of them is, as far as I'm concerned, the Women's Match of the Year, if not the Match of the Year,
3: have you guys watched the bailey is it untold or the bailey chronicle on wwe network there's two things you need to go watch on yes. wwe network you should go watch untold with randy orton and the undertaker that was fantastic yes but you should go watch the bailey the chronicle with bailey because it's literally the month and a the month and a half leading up to this match that they just had and if you didn't know her stepdad passed away like a week before this this show So like she was a wreck the whole week and to come out and have that kind of match, I thought is just a, a testament to who she's become. Uh, One of the best female workers in the world, possibly, you know, all time top 20 to not be even arguing about it. in My opinion. She
2: is probably even by my own standards in my own mind, looking at her, I'd say I've underrated her in a lot of places not when she was in NXT no she was fantastic in 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 the on the main roster it's been a little hit and miss and for probably the first half of her reign as Smackdown women's champion I was just like yeah okay that's fine when she turned heel and then really started to expand her character to a certain extent and started to grow into that heel role and then this stuff with Sasha the last couple of months she has been a- absolutely fantastic and her in-ring stuff has improved as she's gone along. She's look, I mean, this match was every bit as good. All right. Let, let me uh, not get carried. Away. Let me not get carried away. It I was, was not, it was not take Brooklyn one. And it, I would say it was right up there with their iron woman match though. I could, I could, I could support that one, I think. But you know, that's, that's a match. You just, you just don't see on the main roster. Probably, you know, you compare Sasha and Charlotte. I mean, I think it was better than that. I don't know if I'd say better than Sasha Becky because that was a hell of a match too. Which,
3: which Sasha Charlotte? The one where Sasha tried to the, the first The cell match. Right?
2: The, hell, the, the cell match. I'm talking that about cell match
3: was shot I think Sasha the most. The I think best. the most underrated Sasha and Charlotte match is the one they had on Raw where they were putting the submission on each other in the crowd with un, yes. over the rail in the guardrails. Oh, that yeah, was yeah, that yeah. was one of the most. That was one of the best matches on Raw in the last decade. Yep, agreed. Mm-hmm.
2: Agreed. But I mean, as far as this match at Hell in a Cell, the story they told was excellent. It was it was very even. It was very back and forth. It was I mean they got creative. Sasha really carried a lot of stuff in the early goings. Bailey really laid a whooping on her in the last half. I mean that that whip into the uh, the chair wedged between the turnbuckles was nasty, and just you know. It, it, and it ended really well with the whole uh, the the bank statement through the chair thing to mm. counter because Bailey was going to go for that Bailey to belly onto the chair and Sasha reversed it and got the tap out. I absolutely love that match, best women's match I've seen by far this year, and that includes Thunder Rosa versus Sheeta, which I thought was really good as well. But yeah, Bailey and Sasha tore it the fuck down, and that was the match of the night, easily for me. I thought
0: i'm still gonna give match of the night to roman and jay because that that was pro wrestling that was a storytelling who cares about work rate that had you invested and that was just it was so fun to watch the character progression and even when jimmy got involved it didn't feel overbooked it felt like just the the added the added piece to get jay to submit or to say I quit which was perfect like Jay was going to be stubborn and not say I quit just like any of us have cousins or siblings, you're not going to want to quit to your sibling. Like, fuck that guy. Like, you know, you want to beat him. You want to show him that you're as good as... But then he starts picking on your little brother or, like, the cousin that you really like or that you're protective over. And then you're like, all right, all right, all right, I quit. Leave him alone. Like, you know, stop, stop screwing with him. Like, that. it was so good in, like, a family dynamic way. And Afa and Sika coming out at the end. And I love the fact that with Roman's last two matches with Jay, it's very audible what he's saying and it just it sinks you into that family dynamic which who gives a fuck about the tribal chief thing and the Heyman thing I don't care about the the gimmick or what the hell they're trying to throw on him everybody's got that cousin that brother that sister that you're competitive with or even a best friend if you're an only child like you, you've got that person who's like a sibling to you and you kind of just sink into that and you understand you understand the struggle, you understand the stubbornness, you understand I'm better than you, just watch me prove it to you. Why don't you just admit that I'm fucking better than you? And it's it's so good. And then even watching Roman break down for a second, just as a way to kind of lure Jimmy in for that front necklock, like, it's just, it was fucking great. Like, Roman has gone from a paint-by-numbers Samoan John Cena too like he fucking gets it and he's just he is that Samoan sex machine that I've been calling him for the last couple years like he is just so (laughs) fucking good
2: no he he, everything you said I mean Roman Reigns range of acting and and maybe it was there all the time like a lot of us suspected and Vince just stifled it because he insisted on scripting him and I don't get the impression that Roman scripted that much anymore I mean (laughs) Heyman's probably helping him with some things but I don't get the impression that there's, you know, it, it seems more bullet point oriented and they're just kind of letting Roman roll gives him
0: the card blanche too. If you think about it, if Heyman goes to Vince and goes, ah, I think he's got it. Let, let's see if he can Right. Let's see if the kid can ride with this. And then and he comes he, out with that shit and that's gold,
2: dude, that acting job when he broke down. I mean, Let's be honest, when you're talking about real actors, you know, not I mean WWE guys are real actors, make no mistake, they're not perceived that way, but they are real
0: actors. One take actors have actor. you seen yeah. the Marine? Two one, they're the one Marine two and three and um, Like I the said hell, WWE well, actors.
3: <laughs> no, 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 no. They're one take actors though in their day in their in their job, their shoot job their shoot job is to be WWE superstars. And they are one take actors that get it right. A phenomenally high percentage of the time
2: exactly when you can turn on tears like Roman did and make it believable and make you really think he's really breaking down this is a guy who's cracking who doesn't know who he is and you can literally feel the conflict within him or so you think that's talent that a lot of people don't have
3: and Andrew that's every Professional wrestler that's taking it one take on on TV. I don't want you to look at me. You looked at you gave me the look when I said WWE no, I and didn't include everybody just, else.
0: I I'm taking the. That's every
3: professional this wrestler this, except for this, New this, Japan. WWE, no, I'm just kidding. WWE, sir.
0: <laughs> like kn- Knucklehead is not gonna get a fucking award if
3: you I get don't my think drift. that's what. Like, no, but that's not what he meant. That's not what Dave meant.
0: I, I, like it takes talent to do what Roman did. So it's more putting Roman over than WWE superstars in general. Yes. Yes. They don't,
2: not uh, everybody listen, can do that. Listen. Some some other guys do that and it feels fake as shit. I, Roman yes. made it believable.
3: I don't know. I need one thing and I could do without one thing. The one thing I need is a beer. So I'm going to say tell you the one thing I don't didn't need and then I'll be right back is I I didn't need Roman Reigns to cry. <laughs>
2: He leaves us on that, Andrew. I mean, come on, the fact that he could that he could cry on command is to me. It's like, wow, that. I mean, I really thought, damn, you know, he's really showing some remorse and that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, that that match was really good. I mean, match quality wise, yeah, Bailey Sasha every single day of the week and twice on Sunday over that match. But I still I, like like you're saying, Andrew, the story that they told. In that match was a very different story than Sasha and Bailey were telling, but I mean, yeah, getting the family involved, the, the, there was so much more on the line from a familial kind of point of view with that match that it had an extra, it had an extra layer of intensity to it. And I mean, yeah, kudos to Jay for putting up the good fight, but there is nobody in the WWE right now, nobody, including Randy Orton, who is doing the work of Roman Reigns. I don't I don't see him anywhere. I, I mean he is just what do you think really the, ele-
3: What do you think the conversation was like when Roman went to Vince and pitched him and Jay Uso having a program? Did he start off with Listen listen Vince Jay's brother has really fucked him over out of a lot of paychecks over the years with his shenanigans? Do you think we could have a program here where we could get him some of that money back? Do you think that's how that started? I don't
0: think Roman pitched it. I think Heyman pitched it.
3: Yeah. Probably, I mean, I could. See I think Heyman like, is barely involved in we this whatsoever. We don't have whatsoever. anything else
2: going on, so fuck it, let's just do it.
3: I think Vince told Roman, "You want to do that? I'm going to give you Paul Heyman, and you can tell him what to do." Because I still don't think Vince is thrilled with Paul Heyman, but he's paying him, so he's using him.
0: I don't think he's thrilled with Paul Heyman, but he understands the value of Paul Heyman, which is Paul's why. Just as, an an as Paul and right Roman now. went to SmackDown, but as soon as Paul and Roman went to SmackDown, AJ went back to Raw. So you could see... But, yeah, but, that could, be, yeah, but AJ, that could be... Yeah, but AJ, that could be from... That could be just AJ. Oh, well, we know AJ's got an issue with Heyman because of what happened with the Good Brothers or Gallows and Anderson, whatever you want to call him, And that's why he went to SmackDown at first and then suddenly Heyman shows up and now AJ's back on Raw. But so, I tell
2: you what, I tell you, what, Heyman did a great job in that match too because he, the way that he... Sold just the shock and horror of what Roman did. And this is a guy who fucking has been next to Brock Lesnar for some really heinous, nasty shit over the past five, six years. He watched and New Jack he's...
0: Kill a Kid in ECW. Come on.
2: That's right. That's right.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is if you're not following Just Jesse, give her a follow. She's a gorgeous girl and she's got a great uh, opinion on wrestling. And we might be able to get her on this show at some point. Her tweet was, uh, "What is the scariest wrestler or gimmick you've ever seen?" And I've just like quoted that shit. New Jack, here's a gif. Goodbye.
0: You're not too far off. I can't think of too many to argue. New Jack. No, I mean if you want to make it real, that's it. And the best way to know New Jack is fucked up? He's friends with Cornet. Cornet likes him as a person. <laughs> yeah, well, so think, ain't think nothing, about that. Yeah, oh, because all the it. hatred that Cornette no. has in the in the in the, the industry, him and New Jack are cool, but not because they see it eye to eye. Because they just understand each other,
3: right? <laughs> because nothing's more real to Jim Cornette than wrestling, and nobody made wrestling more real yes. than New Jack since Brozer Brody. Since Brudy went down to Puerto Rico, okay, that's the deal. Did you say Broser Brody? Uh, Bruiser Brody. <laughs> I
2: think Broser Brody
0: is the uh, the working title, the title of the, of the episode
2: of the episode hot as war. Yeah.
0: Broser Brody season four. Broser Brody.
3: No way. I couldn't make that. I couldn't let that happen. Max Holiday would kill me.
0: <laughs> is Max that much of a, a fan of Bruiser Brody? Or have you, you ever
3: have a... you ever seen Max?
0: I seen Max and I know the Very, gimmick but I didn't know that well, was why cuz there's been a lot of bruisers in the game if you get my drift. There you go. I don't know Max like you know Max. I've talked to him a grand total of twice.
3: The bearded br- <laughs> the bearded bruiser Max Holiday?
0: You sure it's not the bearded brawler? <laughs> yeah,
3: well. That's <laughs> that's, that's Brooklyn, A Brooklyn Bruiser. You just you just want that to happen so that we both get our asses kicked by Max.
0: No, you can have him listen to the show. That'd be funny if he tweeted about it because I brought up the wrong nickname again. <laughs> uh, oh, shit. But so yeah, so to- Hell in a Cell th- knocked th- it out of the fucking park. If, if we're just going to tie this back up and, you know, well, bring it full circle. we gotta Talk about
2: Randy Orton, 14-time champion now. I mean, I don't think we can leave Hell in a Cell without acknowledging what went down. What'd you guys think of that, Matt? This is the one that I said was good, but a little too pained by the numbers for me. Mm, Because it's like, you know, they're going up on the cell. Somebody's (laughs) crashing through the table. Okay, and this is just SummerSlam, the ending, but Randy gets it right this time, and that's it.
3: I think the real question here isn't, or or the real thing to talk about isn't that, I mean, congratulations, Randy Orton, 14 times, you know. I mean, the guy is forever one of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time, especially when he wants to be. Right? No one can argue that. Hiding second
0: place now for title reigns, if you really want to look at it that way. And, but the bigger question is. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Continue. (laughs) What happens to Drew McIntyre? Apparently, him
2: and The Fiend are going to get into it for a while, right?
0: Or Keith Lee, or he can stay relevant. Like, uh, there's no pain to Drew McIntyre. McIntyre's does... looked great for this entire thing. He's technically won the, if it's a best of three, you know, rubber match mentality. He's two to one. He just lost once. I'm
3: saying, does, does Juju McIntyre ever hold a world title again in WWE?
2: Yes. Absolutely.
3: Okay. You don't Are... think so? Did you disagree? I said, okay.
0: <laughs> I believe you. I know That's... we can jump in the line. <laughs> you I don't. Know, we can th- I don't think
2: we've convinced him, Andrew. I, I think he's he's doubtful Red right. it's
0: beer. It's a yeah, red stripe, right, man. Yeah, we can do it all the time, Drew McIntyre, man. You know he coming from Jamaica, J town. It's okay, Kingston, Jamaica, McIntyre. Yeah, champion. Oh, fuck. <laughs> 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 yeah, but he's like, wow. Hey, he started it. So figure that one out. It's
3: funny because you know Kofi was from Boston and you're from Jersey. You know, you guys both have pretty much the same Jamaican accent.
2: Is, does that mean that Drew McIntyre is from Ghana, West Africa? Is, uh, is that coming next?
3: Yeah. No, no. Damn. But, but if 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 you guys think you know whatever, Drew McIntyre is gonna be <laughs> W. <laughs>
0: he's gonna be
3: <laughs> WWE. He's gonna be a world champion again in WWE. Yeah. Yes.
2: Well, you know that's just like. Uh your opinion man this is true
0: do you consider the universal on the same level are you, are you going to go with semantics and do you mean WWE and universal at the same level or do you specifically mean WWE
3: Oh, I said a world champion in WWE
0: And neither one of them are technically the world title, because one's the WWE Championship and one's the Universal. So we can can get really pedantic right now.
3: (laughs) Right, but when they say...
0: Do you mean top championship in the company?
3: Okay, well, I could say, if I said heavyweight championship, that would be one of four. When I say world title, that's one of two. Because when they say world title and Randy's 14 time, that means universal WWE or back in the day they, they big gold
0: belt what words they want to use yes okay so yeah i i still say yes either universal or WWE he's going to get that again he's got the look he's not the chosen one it's not you know there's no more broken dreams he's a whole different mcintyre and he's going to have two or three more title reigns at the very least
2: he did nothing wrong in that title reign that that should blacklist him. It's not like he's Jinder Mahal. Sorry, Greg, or something like that, who,
3: you know, I'd say Jinder Mahal, Jinder, I'd say Gender Mahal gets another world title reign before Drew McIntyre.
0: How's no. that?
2: Not a chance. No, See,
0: chance. Story, the way the story built out to me was that drew at first championed Ric Flair and the boys in the back to get their vengeance on how orton used to be then he was championing all the legends that randy orton went through and embarrassed or demolished to get to that point then this third time it was only for himself he didn't actually have a cause to champion he didn't have a babyface reason to take out the heel he's just like i'm better than you i'm gonna do it for myself which is selfish and that's that's the undoing of Drew McIntyre. So as soon as he has a thing to champion, he'll he'll win the, the belt again.
2: And during that match you could see like he knew he was being lured up on top of that. And, and Drew sold that well, knowing that Randy <laughs> suckered me in on this and he went and did it anyway. And he paid the price for that. And and, and that that I thought was a pretty good storytelling as to Drew's, I don't want to say arrogance, but confidence in his own abilities that yes. he was in his first ever hell in a cell match. Randy had him set up He knew Randy was setting him up, but his ego and his pride couldn't let him just say, fuck you, you come down here. I'm the champion. I don't have to, I don't have to beat you, but he went up there and he paid the price. So I thought that was good storytelling. And, and you know, but I agree with you, Andrew. I think, I think Drew's got that it factor that especially when they get crowds back and and if they get the right build to something, then yeah, I mean, put drew over again. Let's see it happen.
0: Agreed completely. I mean, I, I don't really think we have anywhere else to go on this because we do have four other topics as per the uh, Wait, you don't want to talk about Elias
2: of- and Jeff? Oh. oh, never mind. Go ahead.
0: Do, do you want to talk about Elias and Jeff? Number two on <laughs> iTunes. Absolutely
3: not. Number two on iTunes.
0: He was number one at some point or at least at the point he took the, the screenshot and put it on Twitter. So that's impressive for him. Yeah. You know, he he's talented. I'll give him credit. Like I like what they're doing with him on the main roster. Elias, I will say Elias is the only, one of the few people that thrive on the main roster comparatively to NXT. NXT didn't know what to do with him even when he did the goofy El Vagabundo thing for like the one the one-off thing because he lost to like the Loser Leaves Town, but he's he's flourished on the main roster.
2: Yeah. He has. Can I ask you guys one question. Just no. you know, you don't even have to extrapolate on it. Okay, never <laughs> mind.
3: <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Go for ask it. It. Come on.
2: <laughs> Who is going to be the one to dethrone Roman Reigns? I heard on Greg's show he's talking Big E, which seems like a good choice. I've got a different idea. I want to see what you guys think. All this silence, man. Just making making these guys contemplate this.
3: Well, stuff. you know. You could have The Rock beat him at Mania, and then you could have the the, the comeback, and you could you could you could have Rock maybe, if you could get him to do three, but I doubt it. He probably just does the one and loses. Um, mm-hmm. man, you know who's is there? Who's on SmackDown right now? That I mean, pff, it's not. There... I don't think it's Biggie. I think Biggie. Well, I oh, that's tough. Maybe I don't.
2: I I got an idea. Fantasy booking by Dave.
3: Andrew, do you have a guy off the top? Of the, I don't I don't know. I'd have to think a lot more about this until
0: I'd actually have to look to see who's on SmackDown because I don't know the way everybody went on the in the draft. Maybe like uh Okada? I feel, hear I my how about, how
2: about,
0: how about I a, that's, the
3: one. that's the guy I that came that's who first came to my mind, but now I'm like, what about Okada or Chris Jericho? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I w- I would have went with Daniel Bryan only because of what he said on the talk show I afterwards like about I how this is going to be his last run. Yeah, I know you <laughs> just like saying shit, but
2: no, I think I think Andrew's I think if it's Daniel Bryan, if this is his last full time run,
0: well, Stephanie then, called him a B
3: plus player at the draft,
2: and he they could recreate the ultimate underdog story. Let's say Roman beats The Rock at Mania, and Daniel gets a shot against him at SummerSlam. And that's where the title change takes place. That would be a really good story if they build it right.
0: Boy, yeah, there, there's a way to right.
3: If you had a crowd, Lars Sullivan would be a great one because they would boo the everlasting fuck man. out of him. If you want to make I'm somebody, so you want to make somebody. You're talking about making somebody, right? Like, so Biggie's the number one guy that you would do it, right? But how are you going to do that? Is Roman really going to be heel enough that people are going to be so happy that Biggie takes it away from him? Like, Roman could be the baddest fucking guy in the world and they boo him until he comes out and the people they can't even boo anymore because their fucking cheeks hurt so bad, right? But if Lars Sullivan came out and beat Roman Reigns for the fucking title, people would hate the ever-living fuck out of Lars Sullivan more than they hated him for the bullshit he said before.
0: Trust. The, the, the problem is with that, to me at least, personally, Big E could beat Mother Teresa and people would pop. Lars sullivan people legitimately don't like and don't want to see so it's not going to be a we hate you more than roman so we're going to be irate if you win it's we don't want to see you in the first place and sullivan's skill set is not on roman's level so you have to get someone that people will care about i appreciate
3: you continuing to make my point
0: You can make that point, but, you know, X-Pac was never WWE champion or WCW champion or any relevant champion that mattered. And we're talking X-Pac heat if we're going to go with, you know, Urban Dictionary kind of shit. So,
1: Daniel Bryan
0: would be a nice story. It would work well. If it's his last run, give him a six months after he beats Roman and then have Roman take it back or give it to Morrison off of Daniel Bryan because everybody's bitching that Morrison's getting overshadowed and he went from being the number one guy in Lucha Underground and TNA'd and now he's just fucking making jokes and being Miz's sidekick. So you could do that too if you just want to shut up the smarks, so to speak. But think- Lars Sullivan is not anywhere near main event thing because Lars Sullivan's skill set is actually worse than Braun Strowman's and Braun Strowman has no reason to be near the main event scene aside from his size.
2: I just want to know when Eva Marie's coming back. That's all I really want to know, guys. Dude,
0: I would rather Eva Marie and Lana to trade the women's championships back and forth for three years straight than ever see Lars Sullivan get a championship title. All right, all right,
3: all right, we're moving on. We're moving on to the next topic. I'm going to get the last (laughs) word on this one, though. I'm going to say this. John Morrison is going to turn super heel when he steals that briefcase and cashes it in unsuccessfully on The Miz.
0: Okay, the always use your
1: head
3: and Gentlemen, I hope you're wearing boots and you brought a shovel because you're currently waist deep in the Halloween episode of Pod is War. And gentlemen,
2: I love how you got the crying and the breathing in that musical clip there, Tony. That was fantastic.
0: You're welcome. Reminded me of my last relationship. Thank you. Oh, boy. the uh,
2: crying and the heavy breathing.
0: Thank you. Yes, yes. I'm not hey, proud of it necessarily, but it hey, should happen. So you, know, you need
2: to follow your brother's lead and get a girl, man. he's he's uh, tearing up some shit, isn't he?
0: He's had one in like three years. I'm okay with my numbers. thank you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so back to wrestling. speaking war, <laughs> I'm okay with my numbers. <laughs> speaking of havoc. Halloween Havoc Returns... We're talking
0: Impact. You want to talk about Jessica Havoc? Nice.
3: Not yet. We're almost talking Impact. We'll get there.
0: Oh, okay. Go, go, go.
3: We're almost, we're almost there. Halloween Havoc. Little NXT action this evening. I, I I before we get into it, real quickly. Um. What what is it? The CWC the the Central Wrestling. Um,
0: the capital wrestling center
3: capital wrestling center why do i just want to say central i don't know capital wrestling you were gonna
0: say cruiserweight classic oh there you go i like that too (laughs) where the hell is that
3: saber jr been bring him back to wwe and kota (laughs) abushi japan (laughs) japan i know where he is guy i just you know want him back here anyway how do you guys like what they did to full sail there with the you know they kind of fenced it up they put the led boards they made to the two walls for you right um i i like it i think it's better than the thunderdome
2: is it full sale or the pc that they did not you pc the other pc
3: isn't it the same place
2: no full sale and the performance Center are different places aren't they i thought they were
3: pretty I sure they the performance are. center was at full sale I no. thought it was at
2: full sale. Let me get Google.
3: God
0: damn it. Uh, I don't want to Google. Now you we sound like, like DP. You go to hell. We like to act like this is 1997. This is a DWI. This is a
3: DWI where you and DP can ring a fucking bell or call for Google, okay? Well, you got to talk to me and
2: Andrew. Full sale no, and then they had the Performance Center, which was a different location. But, I
0: think the Performance yeah. Center is in full sale because it's it's you know it's not the actual ring and the thing that they present necessarily.
2: If but, you're listening to the show, please
3: uh, tweet you know, us and ask tweet me us, that and correct us, please. At pod underscore is underscore war. There's two underscores in that one. Three Men Weave, I think, there's only the one.
0: But I I like the setup. I like the little bit of people. I like the little bit of Thunderdome. I, I it, it looked really cool. Like I liked the setup for Halloween Havoc and everything about it, Dave.
2: Yeah, ever since I saw it at uh, Takeover 31, I, I dig it. I mean, it's it's different. You've got the I mean, it's it's unique. You got the mix of the virtual fans, and then you do have a few real fans. You've got the plexiglass, but then they put, like, the chain link over the plexiglass to kind of add a new element to it, so it's not just that fucking stupid plexiglass. Now it's got a pro wrestling feel to it. So I thought, I, I mean, I love the Capitol Rep Wrestling Center. It, it's it's a unique environment. It feels gritty, and it feels very NXT, you right. know? I don't know if it would work so well on the main roster, which needs to be more glitz and glamor, but it feels down and dirty. Like NXT is kind of trying to portray themselves right now.
3: Andrew, I want to let you take over the reins here because me and you were texting today back and forth and you were looking forward to Halloween havoc as was I, and I'm glad it's back. And I feel like there's a possibility of more Halloween havoc to come in future podcasts this week on the chair shot radio network.
0: (laughs) likely, it is that time of year, Yes. (laughs) Yes.
3: <laughs> so, it felt to me like a pay-per-view. I love the spin the wheel, make the deal coming back. I love Shotzi up there with the, you know, the the the, the blade saw or whatever the fuck she had and the piece of metal she was grinding away. Mm-hmm. But how about the start of the show and Damian Priest's entrance? That was fucking phenomenal.
0: I mean, whoever they got as the guitarist definitely you know, leaned into that Zach Wilde kind of way of playing the guitar because he made love to that whammy bar way too much. But it was fun. It was cool. Don't get me wrong. It's just if I want to listen to Black Label Society, I'll put on some Blessed Hell Ride and I'll stop there. Dave? Because wow. I know you're another metalhead, so you can at least chime in on this this quip.
2: <laughs> Hottest War. Make love to your whammy bar. There's a good episode, title. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I liked I mean it, let's. If we're being really honest With all of ourselves here This Halloween Havoc may have been One of the best ones of all time well, and, I know yeah. they, and I know they haven't done it in a long Long, long time But when you look at some of the trash that WCW Pawned off on us at Halloween Havoc In the past and compare this to it It's like, whew, that was a damn good show mm-hmm. you know,
3: I, I, can't, I, would, I can't complain about it I would attribute the overall tone Before you guys get going here uh, To Wade Barrett who does a phenomenal job on commentary? <laughs> and the fact it, that the fact that we got this line at Halloween Havoc this evening, zombies are legal in this matchup.
0: The fuck was that? Was that Scottish? It was bad. Are we going with Scottish? Even though he's not Scottish, and he's just like zombies are legal in this matchup. I've
3: got some. I've got some bad news. Okay, so you have heard him
0: say that, so that's better. Aye. So. Zombies are legal in this matchup. There we go. That's a little better. Uh, That's better. I think that could be the name of the the show, right? There's zombies are legal in this matchup.
3: It's too long. It'll be orange.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Too bad it's too long. It'll be orange can't be the title. That would be fantastic. (laughs) That might work. work, That might work. Make that work. That might work. Write that down as a possibility. I don't know. That might be too long, too. It opened up with a That might be up with too long match. too. Hey, it opened up with a great match with Priest and Gargano. I love that. It was it was so it was it was just cool because it didn't stop at the points you thought it was going to and it actually lived up to the Falls Count anywhere kind of thing and it steered into the Halloween havoc skid and even having fucking, you know, the, the scream g- person come out in the scream kind of thing and help him out. Like, that was great. The bump with the tombstone was pretty cool. Like, it was a cool fucking match. And I loved the Cameron Grimes-Dexter Loomis match, because not only did P.S. Michael Hayes get one of the biggest pops of the night, be it, be it funneled in or not, that was fucking hilarious. Then you got Grimes doing his damn best character work, like, just being a fucking obvious chode on like a fucking horror movie especially like the whole thing like oh I didn't know Dexter had a sister ooh I, I'm feeling kind of grimy let me get in there too and then it's just like it came off like an evil dead movie and that was the best part where it was so stupid and campy but like I felt like Sam Raimi directed this whole fucking whole fucking match and it was beautiful I wanted Bruce Campbell to show up and then we had most I wanted Ron liked...
2: Jeremy and One Eyed Monster to
0: show up oh, I'm sorry I don't I talk about going. him anymore yes.
3: We can't talk hey,
0: about hey, it hey, see, I'm not the only one to bring up Ron Jeremy, PC. So fuck this is you. Horrible. Anyway, so, wow. and then it was—it was very obviously, or at least Chris, come back. I'm
3: stuck with the Ron Jeremy fan club.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or the PC Cat and Zero had to be one of the zombies because the way she was crawling around Dexter Loomis, that. Was completely Cat and Zero's kind of wheelhouse right there because she's gymnastic and athletic and all that stuff. So that looked good. The zombies were cool. It was campy, yes, but you're also talking to the guy that covers Impact for the site, and I'm used to Cornball. Like, it, We'll fucking Allie there. got murdered in the undead realm three years ago, so like I, I don't mind a little Buffy the Vampire Slayer in my wrestling, so it's, it's fine, and like that was fun Grimes did great, Loomis did great being creepy, the matches were good Eo and Candice fucking was a great match, even though it was shorter than I would like, but it still had a lot of great elements to it Raquel and Rhea wasn't as good as I think other people were saying it was to me at least, because it seemed obvious but that was – and then uh, McAfee. Pat fucking McAfee for the brand, boys, coming out, doing his talking bit. And then fucking Pete Dunne. Dude. Pete Dunne with the swerve. Oh, Dude. that was so he, good.
2: Pete Dunne looks like he was training with Roman while he was over in the UK because didn't he come back in phenomenal shape or what? He,
0: it. Well, I mean, he was never in bad shape, but you're right. He came Not out in better. Not like
2: shit. this. Not cut. Yeah, up no, no, like it was better.
0: It was better. You're right. You're completely right. And like, just done fucking over Kyle Riley, and you can even you can even throw a thread Kyle in there for Kylo when Roddy fucked over Pete to join Undisputed Era. So that could be Pete's vengeance on Undisputed Era for when they fucked him out of the tag championships. What was it? Two years ago or last year? I don't know. COVID brain. Who knows? That, uh,
2: New Orleans. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Orleans. So, so like,
0: he's... it's. There's so many nice threads that you could throw there. And McAfee just jumping on the top fucking rope and just clapping along and having people do shit. McAfee is a fucking treasure, boys. Like, For the Brand is the best fucking thing they got going on right now. And
2: all of a sudden, yeah, For the Brand is suddenly a very powerful faction. He needs one more. I figure he's going to have one more now. He's got Ioni, He's got Danny. He's got Pete. Okay, who's so the fourth going to be?
0: What British guy do we pick? Because apparently he's racist against Americans. Because everybody's got to have the foreign flair.
2: Dude, <laughs> I, wish it, I wish it would be fucking Walter. But, I mean, he's got his own deal with he's Imperium. But,
0: Ilya? But, uh, what about Ilya? What if Ilya was for the brand?
2: Oh, Jesus. And they, they snag the title. You figure it's got to be somebody who's over. I mean, I wish it was Devlin. I wish Jordan Devlin was coming over. That would be perfect.
3: Why can't it be a woman?
0: It could be, but who would you grab then? Oh, Piper. I'd, I'd grab. Pl- I grab
3: whatever. Tony Storm. I, I, I'd Tony grab, Storm would be good. I'd grab plenty of them. Australian. There's there's a there's I, a no, there's a gra- there's a time. large number just, of, of them. I would grab.
0: I mean, I'm I'm partial to Rhea personally, you, but you, are you are know, you yes. I'd
3: grab- now you're just grabbing that anyway.
2: Sorry, Tony. <laughs> I
0: thought
3: we were talking about bringing someone into a faction.
2: Yes, oh.
0: factions, Dave. Oh,
2: okay, sorry. I'm with you now.
0: Jeez. You were with him on the other one, weren't you? Don't lie. Yeah, I was. <laughs> oh, shit. But no, like this is great. For the brand is fantastic. McAfee is in his role right there. And I love how he even found a way to frame it to Barry Cole where he was talking about how he came in his only his first match ever and he he put on this banger that stole the show and Cole's just all about himself flexing over him and like lording over him basically saying fuck you you ain't shit when it was McAfee's first match. And like I I love how he's taking that heel angle of putting the guy over but also making him seem like a dick to put him in the right. And this is just such old school heel way of delivering the promo even when he goes to the crowd and starts running down the crowd first and then picks his promo back up, adding the crowd into it and then just kind of keeping on where he's going. It's such a good element that you don't see anymore and it's it proves that he's, he's a fan of the product and that he's a fan of 80s, 90s wrestling because he gets it. He gets how to run people down. He gets how to put people over and fuck, McAfee talking, I could listen to that man talk all day every day, which is also why I listen to his show more often than not.
2: Did you guys see Gargano taking the North American title? I didn't see that coming.
0: I thought they were both going to take it. I thought it was going to be Candice Johnny Power Cup. I,
2: I did too for a second there. I, but once, he, no, I won, once he, he won, once he won, that. yeah, once he won, I thought the I didn't, but I mean, who's the guy in the screen mask?
0: Is That's the, a good question. I mean, who is it do you think from NXT UK or from NXT that we haven't seen in a while that would go into the Gargano way? Because he's he's bigger than Johnny, because there was a little bit of size there, and he was able to kind of lift Candice up easy and help her Can up. Can you
2: imagine if it's Champa? After all this shit, if it's Champa?
3: God, looked, I hope not. That would that would suck. He looked too wide. He looked too. His shoulders looked he's too looked wide. wide. I'll say Damian Priest is bound for the main roster because the improvements he's made over the last few months and the his the way he looks. I mean, he is main roster written all over him. Entrance, but
2: why? But why? why are we going to put? Where are you gonna, They just bring these guys up and don't do shit with them, Tony. You know that. I don't have to tell you that.
0: Main no, but just like punishment did in ROH.
3: I don't say that a lot about a lot of people in NXT that they look like their
0: main roster ready. My my problem with Damien is that a lot of his gimmick during the match is. Marky fandom bullshit. Like the let, I think takeover 31. He pulled out the razor's edge. He dressed like Diesel. Then they made oh, he does a sting thing. And like I'm, I'm kind of sick of him having to live off of his fandom and not himself. And I also hate the fact that his Titantron does not burn out like it would if there was an arrow going through the middle to make his name appear and it's just a shitty fucking fire graphic that pisses me off from an aesthetic point of view
3: the fact that he bothers you that much makes me feel that much more assured that he is so much ready for the main roster cuz you despise oh. WWE main roster
0: i that's not true i love i love Randy Orton <laughs> <laughs> and, and Drew McIntyre and like I can pick a few shut up anyway God, but no Priest I don't think is ready yet he, he's, he's not a big enough deal I just I wish I could figure out who was behind the screen mask because I can't think of who from NXT UK or who from NXT that hasn't been in there in a while, there in a while would be yeah. under the mat like Cassius Ono isn't with NXT anymore, right?
3: Oh God, that was guy did not look like Cashisono.
0: I mean, for all we know, he could have got in shape. We haven't seen him in like five months. <clears throat> I know he's got a thyroid issue, but he could <clears throat> get a little better. Could have.
2: <laughs> it's Finn Balor.
0: That'd be fucking on stilts. Yeah, because guy was taller than Johnny Gargano, so
2: that's true. <laughs>
0: Finn Balor in platform shoes. Gene Simmons, everybody. Or Paul Stanley. Take your pick. Yeah, <laughs> Do you I don't the know. Child I the don't...
2: I'm trying to think who that could be, who we haven't seen in a while, who would make sense. It shouldn't
0: uh, be, even though it could be Cross if they wanted to introduce him under a mask and then slowly bring him back, depending on how quickly he's recovering.
2: Yeah, maybe.
0: But... That seems a little silly for Cross to match up with Gargano's.
2: Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. I guess we'll. Uh, I've got all all the speculation and no answers. Is anybody coming into NXT Did they sign anybody recently? Who's? I don't know. It's Kushida. There.
0: That would be fucking hilarious if it was Kushida. Dalbert. Dalbert. Dalbert Rio.
2: It's Alberto Del Rio. I think he's got or, his own problems. You're, what if you're concerned bad? about you're yeah. concerned about us mentioning Ron Jeremy and then you throw out Alberto Del Rio? Way <laughs> it's to go!
3: To Dream. Trying to make it feel what better. It... No, <laughs> the guy was too. He was too wide. It's too wide. I, I specifically uh, remember him being up there with the bat and seeing like a broad chested person.
2: It was Ron Jeremy. That's who it was. Andrew. Okay. I think yes, it's time it for topic
3: three. It definitely. It wasn't even a bat. It was this guy. There's only one person that can get us out of this Alfred!
1: Promotional consideration paid for by the following.
3: This is your boy, Killy Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com
1: Eerie sight! For my monster from his slab began to rise And suddenly, to my surprise He did the match He did the monster match The monster match It was a graveyard smash He did the match It got on in a flash He did the mash. He did the monster match From my laboratory in the castle east to the master bedroom of the vampire's peace The ghouls all came from their humble abode to get a jolt from my electrodes. They did the master. They did the monster match.
3: Oh my goodness, you are now chest high in the Halloween episode that is Pod is War.
0: Wait, 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 wait. Real quick, since this is Monster Magic before we go into the third third category, I want to give Dave a chance to kind of delve into his nerddom. Because the one thing we didn't bring up with Halloween Havoc that I wanted to bring up, we did, it just wasn't an em- opening. Shotzi Blackheart's first outfit. Was that Scream from Marvel? Because it wasn't Rogue and I couldn't place it. Do you think it was Scream? You're muted possibly, Dave.
3: Welcome to Bandwagon Nerds. You can find that right there on the I, 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 I Follow them at right. Bandwagon I Nerds. Was...
2: Thank you for the cheap plug, Tony. I appreciate it. I was saying I didn't even think about it, Andrew. I'd I'd have to – I got to go and look on her – you guys keep talking. I'll look up her picture and try and – you do that, because
0: I think one of them was Elvira, and the other one was like Sexy Devil or kind of thing like that. But I think that first one was Scream. So you, you get back to me with that now. Tanya, you can continue with the next question. I just yes, wanted to bring this, up some this Shotzi. This is the part where because, I check
2: out. I'll, I'll go and look that up. This, this show, it's,
0: it's never a bad time to put over Shotzi or Monsters. And you were talking about the Monster Mash, so not that's not a all. perfect shot, Shotzi spot.
3: Not at all. The deeper we get into this show, the more I feel like it's bound for glory. Woohoo! <laughs> Andrew, we're talking impact wrestling. That's right, and uh, I did check in for some of it. I do know what exactly is going on over there. And congrats to, to Rich Swan on, on capturing the title and retaining it, mm-hmm. and retaining it. Um, it was a, it was get a it
2: right, Tony. Sh- get his name right. It is Rich
3: Schlong,
0: <laughs> or is Chris Platt like say Rich Homie Swan?
3: I feel like all is right in the tag team division, again, over there at Impact. I, I don't really understand what happened between Moose and EC3. Maybe you can enlighten me on that. I appreciate the uh, the call that they, that they did on the fly mm. when Heath got injured and Rhino took care of that match, and um, hopefully Alex Shelley gets better soon. Why don't you take it away and let us know exactly everything that went down At impact because it was uh, at bound for glory because it was a hell of a show
0: it wasn't a bad show and from somebody that follows impact week in and week out my major criticism of it was that it felt like it was story driven so if you weren't a weekly fan of the product you would have been left wanting and that's not necessarily a bad thing but when there's things like like you said, Moose and EC3 and they went heavy into the fight club, Tyler Durden thing. And EC3 was basically trying to give Moose this cathartic release of not being lorded over by the championship or by titles and to become the, the person he thought he should be. It was very philosophical and it was interesting in, in that, in that kind of fight club way where it was deep with punching. So it was a very dude kind of way of trying to be smart. And I, I, am, I appreciated it, especially from the fact that it was lined up where Moose was all in white. EC3 started off in a black hoodie. So it even went with the old school cowboy western black hat, white hat thing. So you got that, the, the blood on the white, it looked even better. Moose looked fantastic. EC3 looked fucking great. The fact that at the end, EC3, you know, Moose is basically like, is this what you want? And EC goes, yes. And then Moose is just like, thank you and he clocks him with the fucking title and walks off like it was it was one of those movie like those action movie kind of moments and it was cool and the Bound for Glory uh, Call Your Shot Gauntlet with that you mentioned where Heath looked like he got injured I loved how on Impact the following Tuesday they're underselling it but they're playing that into the storyline that that you know, Rhino was like, "Oh, when Heath gets healthy," and 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 Heath kind of cuts him off. He's like, "Yeah, healthy eating, like strawberries and and uh, and lettuce and and kale and all the other stuff." And he's he's trying to undersell the whole fact that he's actually hurt, even though the interviewer was like, "Well, we saw you get dinged up," and he's like, "Ah, yeah, don't worry about it." So it was a it was a lot of storyline, and I liked it a lot from Bound for Glory, but I can understand why. Intermittent or less dedicated fans wouldn't appreciate it as much, but that Eric Young Rich Swan match was fucking gorgeous. Like, it was great storytelling where Eric Young wanted the leg because that was what he hurt from Rich Swan. Rich Swan then dinged up his neck in the during the match so then that was the new focus but then he went back to the leg at some point because he said he was going to get it and it's just it was this nice easy psychology of the heels going after a body part that he knows is weak and the face is coming back and it was just it was cool it was well done it was a great match and the fact that North are the champions the tag champions again after taking out Alex Shelley that gives them the Motor City Machine Guns a chance to kind of raise up some of the lower card people while being quote-unquote weakened or injured. It's Impact is in a really nice spot, even if you didn't love Bound for Glory. The way they told the stories and everything was actually really good for the product moving forward.
3: Can we talk a little bit about Ken Shamrock getting inducted into the uh, Impact Hall of Fame and the fact that there was some WWE guys who came in there and they actually, you know, kudos to him and that nature and why he isn't in the WWE Hall
0: of Fame blows my mind. That's a good point, Dave. Do you have any thoughts on that since I've done most of the talking so far? Uh, you're talking about
2: Impact, right? So, yeah, I'm not going to He's gonna playing add the Tony role here
0: apparently. Game. Really?
2: <laughs> and and Dave, for the record, it's not you because I
0: don't Japan <laughs> closer than Impact, really? Yes.
2: And it's not because I don't That's like impressive. Impact. I just don't have I just haven't had the time between I, I focus on WWE and AEW but as far as Ken Shamrock and whether he should be in the WWE Hall of Fame um, add him to the long list of people who should be in the Hall of Fame and are not and at the top of that list for me is Rick Martel but, uh, but that, if he got added to the uh, Impact Hall of Fame then that, that's great who, um, who all was there from WWE, Tony?
3: There was just a few video messages I believe Mick Foley, pretty, um... Bret Hart, Bret The Rock. in The Rock, yeah.
0: And even UFC people like Ross Gruden, Chael Sonnen, Ariel Helwani. I mean, so Ken... He, Ken he, is, got a, he got over pretty hard.
2: Ken is probably, what, the first real crossover star from MMA to WWE who actually was successful? I can't... I mean, Dan Severn the really WWE, didn't... yet.
3: Yeah
0: oh shamrock was way bigger than severin yeah right
3: shamrock was the first full-blown wrestling superstar that was a legit superstar in mixed martial arts
0: in wwe because minero suzuki still lives that's true if if we're being on it if we're talking wwe yes i agree with you fair
3: (laughs) fair fair He's got us on that one PC so. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm not trying to be gotten I am agree he's right You are a god You know that No I said gotten <laughs>
2: Oh, god. I was sorry I was trying to really put you over Tony, Don't
0: but... feed his ego Goddamn, you know better than that You've been here more than once Barely find a hat that fits now <laughs> I know That's <laughs> why you shave your hair
3: <laughs> No it just doesn't grow anymore
0: <laughs> but
2: it does seem like from an outsider standpoint it seems like impact is really building some good momentum lately a lot of people are really thinking highly of them um <laughs> i don't know where you where you go i mean it, you really have to be i don't know about having a lot of time but just really into the whole everything that's going on to 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 take the time to watch that or ring of honor and all that kind of stuff not to say you shouldn't because you should but you know that's my my big thing is like shit. I just don't have the time because I got to be a nerd and watch all these nerd things. And
0: I mean, you have other priorities. You got to do a That's movie review fine. every
3: week, and uh... <laughs>
2: yeah, thinking of that—that could...
0: that should be coming out tomorrow, right? It
3: should.
2: But here's some insider news: uh, we are going to review a quiet place, but Patrick couldn't find it for free on one of the streaming services, and said his wife would uh, not appreciate him buying it, so. If I guess Patrick we're gonna do. I think we're gonna do cabin. You should have. You should have said Patrick. Have Pat, you should have said. You I to him my, me.
0: I will give him my Amazon if. He
2: I was, was gonna give him my Voodoo login, and I thought oh, I better not do that. That's just not. That's that. That can create some not between. Not that I wouldn't trust. I would trust Patrick a hundred thousand percent. But I'm just like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't do that.
3: You should have said that he couldn't find a quiet place to watch it.
2: Oh, that
0: would have been funny too,
2: yes. That's right. So I think we're going to do Cabin in the Woods for like Halloween Day or something like that.
0: Okay, so it's going to be a little late. A little
2: late just because I, and for the record, I loved The Quiet Place. We had not seen, neither one of us had seen that before. So that's why we wanted to watch that. I hadn't seen it. I watched, finished it it this morning. What's it on? Fantastic.
0: Amazon Prime. Oh, it is. Is it
2: free, or you got to buy it on Amazon Prime? It's right?
0: free on Amazon Prime. Ooh. It's free on Prime. If you have Prime, it's free. Woo-hoo. My my big issue with Quiet Place starts from the very beginning, and it's not quiet. I I like no. It's it's simple fact that the child, and this is all I'm gonna say. The child is like what four years old. Why are they in the back of the line with the deaf girl? <laughs> Why? Why would you have your four-year-old child behind everybody means. with monsters around with a deaf girl?
3: Yeah, I don't know what that means.
0: Dave, do you have an answer for that? The child's deaf? No. A different child is deaf.
2: I mean, yeah, I don't... The one child
0: is four, and the other child is deaf. Right,
2: <laughs> and, 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 and to be fair, the mother, she beats herself up for not carrying the kid. She, I should have carried him and, and that sort of thing, so they fucked up, clearly. They, they i made, mean but big mistake. That,
0: that's my biggest problem when with that movie is that the logic gap with the kid is four and you already saw the kid try to put batteries into a toy because he's four and he doesn't understand the concept you carry that kid because he's four <laughs> like i just that that is a hard pill for me to swallow 10 minutes into the movie you know what i mean I don't hate the movie. I'm just that that puts it behind an eight ball for me.
2: I can't wait for the sequel to come out in twenty twenty seven. That's going to be a, a, a great yeah, time. I
0: mean, yeah, yeah, you're right.
2: Hashtag twenty twenty seven. That is the official hashtag. Of the bandwagon nerds.
0: How they, they figured out how to kill the things, though, at the end. But good God, that beginning fucking really, All right. really. Speaking hurt. Speaking of
3: storylines <laughs> and getting back to impact, let's move forward to an unbelievable performance <laughs> in a who shot Mr. Burns scenario.
1: Mr.
3: Well, I, you pick. Go ahead. Why don't you set the scene?
0: Well, much like in The Quiet Place where they blow the thing's head off with a shotgun, Johnny Bravo apparently got shot during his wedding. So it's a uh, who shot Mr. Burns, who shot J.R., kind of a who done it type thing where people are assuming he's dead but if we know anything from watching The Simpsons and Who Shot Mr. Burns he doesn't have to be dead and if we know anything about Impact's world they play in the undead realm a lot so they could always go to the undead realm to go get Johnny Bravo but yes, Tommy Dreamer sliding into the ring and doing the oh my god, he shot no overacted bullshit was fucking it was Camp Glory, like th- that. That was fucking nuts. Nice.
3: Do you think it was Tommy Dreamer that
0: did it? No, because Tommy Dreamer, Tommy Dreamer had the best Halloween hardcore match in the world. He introduced the best black bag of toys ever: candy corn and tacks, tricks and treats.
3: Who do you think? Who doesn't shot- love that? Okay, so who shot Mister Burns then?
0: I'm Same not- person who
2: shot Jr. Maggie? all those years ago.
0: Maggie. I don't know, Hornswoggle was in that episode, so maybe it's Hornswoggle, they just picked the smallest person. (laughs) Uh,
3: Another murderer from Wisconsin.
0: (laughs) Hornswoggle's from Wisconsin?
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, I didn't even know that.
3: He's got a promotion in Green Bay.
0: No shit, I didn't even know that. Oh god, yeah. I don't check it out, it's Hornswoggle, why the fuck do I care? It's... I'm. I'm glad you have some. Uh, from you know what pride in him. Though.
3: You know How what. How does that work? She said perfect. You know what Okada you know what... and Ibushi had for <laughs> breakfast yesterday, but she didn't know Darren Postle was from fucking Green Bay, huh?
0: I just know he was in the worst fucking Leprechaun movie, and that's including fucking Back to the Hood 2. <laughs> <laughs> oh no? boy. No, Dave, you're not a professional. I... It feels so. I, I good. Know, it feels so I got, good to I be back. You know, you're talking
2: about shitty Leprechaun movies, what, Dylan. Where am I going to go with that, Dylan
3: Postal? My bad.
0: <laughs> oh, shit. But no, Impact is fun. It, you, you have to expect some campy cornball shit with it. A lot like with Halloween Havoc, where you know, like the Loomis and Dex and uh, and Grimes thing and Cameron Grimes thing was kind of Sam Raimi directed ever since the broken universe happened DNA impact whatever you want to call it it's kind of steered into that buffy the vampire slayer kind of skid and they do it better than most people and it's become accepted now so when they murder Ali or they shoot Johnny Bravo or James Mitchell gets resurrected to to uh, to do this wedding because apparently a demon and immortal needs a undead or Demonic priest to uh to you know officiate it. It's it's interesting because only Impact can really get away with that kind of shit out of the American the promotions. You know what I mean?
3: Oh yes, we know what you mean.
2: <laughs> Absolutely, I know what you mean a hundred percent, thousand percent. Ooh yeah, one hundred
3: fifty percent.
0: Yeah. <sighs> Oh, that's what they should have done. Shotsy should have done an old-school Macho Man Slim Jim kind of commercial for Halloween Havoc. I'm a little mad you did. That would have been good. Slap me, baby. I mean, snap into this tank, yeah. (laughs) In the tank. Snap into the tank. Oh, yeah.
3: No, wow. I, I yeah, speechless. Did
0: you just go rule thirty-four on you. Did you just find something that you know you're gonna search up on Pornhub later?
3: Spin the wheel, snap into it.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, that could have been going to snap into a Slim Jim match, right? There's some real possibilities there.
0: That could have just been one of the wheel things. Where Can just I... like Slim Jim? Commercial. So, oh, okay. So here's,
3: here's how big of a wrestling fan I've been my entire life. It's sophomore year in high school, and me and my buddy John Lindner, I still remember his name, uh, he introduced me to the Pro Wrestling Torch. He got it and brought it to high school, right? So I was a freshman. Um, the, the So obviously you start in one year and finish school in another year, right? So I finished my freshman year in 96, and I finished my senior year in 99. So the peak of the beginning of what's happening in wrestling. I'm in high school, right? Mm -hmm. We're in Spanish class and we have to make paper mache heads. We made a paper mache Hulk Hogan and I would always put it on my head and just walk around everybody and brother, brother, brother. And we actually had to make a commercial then the next year in AP Spanish. And we made a Macho Man Slim Jim commercial in Spanish. And I can tell you the (laughs) Spanish verb saying for snap into it is excranchate. <laughs> there's
2: there's the title for this
3: episode. I can, I can also tell you that I got power bombed in said episode in said commercial for Slim <laughs> Jim in Spanish class. So there you go. <laughs> it pull takes back. a month it like for this Slim Jim? Yeah, Who it, are the it, brand, honey the brand well at the time we were we were wrestling fans so one of our projects we made a paper mache hulk hogan head right and then next project we had to do we had to do a commercial in spanish
0: what al snow you should have made paper mache head and just hit people with it. no
3: we weren't there yet we weren't there yet i don't think but anyway that's the that's the extent (laughs) of my wrestling fandom if you watch bailey's Chronicles, she talked about how she would write the hardy symbol on it and three extreme on every paper she turned in so if you're a true wrestling fan when you were in school you found any reason you could to make any project
0: into a wrestling project
2: this is true
0: that is very true yes I had very many a sting in a wolf pack you know stories that I, I, I don't talk about because I don't care
2: hence the reason why bandwagon nerds is on the thechairshot.com because all wrestling fans are nerds not all nerds are wrestling fans but the opposite is probably true
3: couldn't agree with that more andrew do you want to wrap up impact talk here and, and bound for glory and what we're going to do moving forward here with 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 rich schlong as your champion and clearly the hey, yes. the rematch is the already long well longster and it like this get the, get the give rematch me give, out of the way right that's what i'm saying so tell us, give us the last words here on impact which is clearly you know one of the better things that's going on in my mind now i might have to pay attention to that more than AEW I'm not really sure but that's a long way for me I've come Andrew
0: that is very true you were very anti-impact for a long time that was part of the joke but yes so So, Rich Swan already has Eric Young behind him even though now Eric Young and Sammy Sammy Callahan are joining forces with their kind of insanity or whatever the hell they want to call it with You know, Ken Shamrock. You got the North, and it looks like the Good Brothers is who they're going to be picking on and, you know, going for as their main challenge. Motor City Machine Guns are probably going to try to elevate a couple people because Alex Shelley has the quote unquote neck injury. Rhino and Heath are doing some of their best character work. Like, between trying to get Keith Heath a job and now Heath's injury thing which they're underselling and they're they're just being funny. Rhino has great personality that you never saw in WWE or ECW because he's actually trying to be funny now. It's great. Scott Demore, you might think he's a little overbearing, but he's doing fantastic work. Sue Young is the Knockouts champion and it works. Even though you're not gonna love her matches because she's not a work rate queen, she's doing fantastic fucking character work.
3: Last thing I want to hear is what happened to Kylie Ray.
0: I don't I mean
3: I don't know. Conventional
0: logic conventional logic will tell you that she was on quarantine because she was part of the collective match for what was it, Shimmer or Shine? And everybody was kind of on quarantine watch because somebody came down with COVID. So there could be that. But they used her name in the promo. So they didn't just say Soo Young took the place of somebody that should have been there. So it seems like they're still playing with the concept that Kylie Ray is going to come back. So it's not going to be an AEW story again. Personally, I would love it to be if Soo Young tied her up or trapped her in the Undead <laughs> Realm to protect her from like giving into the darkness. Because like Kylie Ray is the. A possession like no, EAM? No, no. Because Kylie Ray is the smiley, happy go lucky Pokemon font, you know, happy girl. I would love it if Sue Young realized that's still her best friend, even though she's not Susie anymore, and tried to protect her from going dark to get vengeance on Deanna parazzo And that's kind of the story we take, where Sue Young wanted to get her own vengeance and protect Kylie from going dark. that That's hey, look, what I would like.
2: I don't watch Impact, but if you're telling me they're tying up chicks, I have a feeling their ratings are going to go up. I'm just saying.
3: <laughs> Folks, we got two more quick hitters out <laughs> We got two more quick hitter topics to finish up this show. We hope you're enjoying the Halloween episode of Pod is War. We'll be that right back. That
0: could be a title, too. <laughs> Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis. With attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. They're kooky, mysterious, and spooky. They're all together, ookey, the Adams
1: family. The house is a museum. When people come to see em, they really are a scream, the Adams family. Neat, sweet.
3: If you know, have learned nothing, well,
0: well, 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 I'm going to put you over like a motherfucker here if Connie, you have... before you continue. That. Oh, damn it. Go ahead. That was perfect. Because Johnny Bravo, in the Impact Wedding kind of vows, quoted Adam's family saying that Rosemary is creepy and she's kooky and altogether ooky, but she's mysterious and spooky and she's his little demon or whatever. That was beautiful, and I don't know if you knew that or did that on purpose, but I'm going to act like you did, and that was fucking wonderful. Now you may continue.
3: I did do that on purpose, and I debated whether or not to put it first or last, but I figured the, the main thing was bound for glory, so thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> and I hope if we all learned one thing tonight, it's that ookie rhymes with spooky and kooky, and it may actually be a word but words and songs don't always make sense. Gentlemen, (laughs) Serena Deeb, first off, let's start there. Congratulations to her, her first women's championship and it's one of the most prestigious ones, good for her. Uh, Secondly, what's up, where's Thunder Rosa going? Is she going to AEW exclusively or is she headed to WWE? Honestly, personally, I thought it would have been an amazing evening at Halloween Havoc to have a half skull face painted Thunder Rosa show up but nonetheless that did not happen Dave I see you shaking your head why don't you kick us off here Thunder Rosa has been on a great roll where is she headed now because you can even go to her official Twitter page and I would ima- imagine the rest of her social media there is no affiliation if, except that which is the promotion that she runs on her own at home in Texas.
2: Well, I'd suggest you get her on the phone so we could ask her ourselves. But, uh, okay. In light of the fact that that's probably not going to happen, uh, I, I would like to see her go to AEW. That's where I would like to. I think she can make the biggest impact there. She's, um, AEW. Let's let's be real, guys.
3: Dear. AEW's Women's Division. Dear Thunder Rosa, This is PC yeah, Tony. Big
2: Dave says that I we know- need to get. You-
3: I know you already knew that.
2: I know that you're a big <laughs> deal now, but I would
3: appreciate come... if you would call me immediately. I'm currently podcasting, and you know the only place for Thunderosa News is Pod It's War. Sincerely yours, PC Tunny. P.S. Please hurry the fuck up. Is <laughs> um... what I would type if I had seven more beers in me. That's right. But in light of the
2: fact that you're not going to type that, I, like I said, AEW's women's division needs talent like Thunder Rosa. Um, not to say WWE's women's division doesn't, because they do. But I think AEW's a better fit. She's familiar with what's going on there. She's already integrated with their champion, giving her some really good matches. You know, I mean, they do shit tonight. Like Sheeta comes out and says, she just declares she's going to face Nyla Rose at full <laughs> that gear That's so like, I was like dude I mean th- this is really I mean we've already seen this match and, and and there's no rhyme or reason to anything that they're doing how they're going to give a title shot they just say she just comes out I will take on Nyla Rose at full gear it's like fuck okay so that is a big red flag as to AEW's women's division I mean Brits Brit you know Brits, Brit's are right uh It would have made more sense to have her take on Sheeta at Full Gear. You want to sell your pay-per-view? Give that match, even though I'm not that impressed with Britt Baker. Sheeta's the most talented person there. The only person who's really gotten a very good match out of her. Yes, the first first Sheeta-Nyla Rose match was very good. I, I, I won't lie. But Sheeta and Thunder Rosa has been the best match that I've seen on AEW. They've got great chemistry. They work really well together. That's one that can go either way, and you can accept the result. So I'd like to see her go to AEW. They could use her more than I think WWE. They, WWE's got options, and yes, they're with Charlotte and Becky out. Their women's division is significantly hampered. And I, you know, I I caught Hell from Patrick for talking shit about Carmella on DWI two fifty. But I'm sorry, Carmella oh, is
0: not good. Thank you, Andrew.
2: I, I was trying to be more diplomatic, but I'll let you go in on that one.
0: But oh, but dude, she, I don't do diplomatic. You know, me.
2: I know. She, I mean, she's the best thing you say is she's all right, and that's what you can say about a lot of the talent on on the women, with the exception of Sasha, Bailey, and Asuka, and maybe Shayna sometimes. Um, the roster's really just pretty meh. You know, it's all very average, and AW's roster, women's roster, is kind of below that. Mm-hmm. So. Thunder Rosa would be a big pickup. I'm still waiting for Tessa Blanchard to sign somewhere to bolster some of these rosters. But I, I, think, I think, will WWE throw money at Thunder Rosa to get her there? Probably because they could use her at least while they're depleted right now. But I, I think she's a better fit for AEW right now just off familiarity, off opportunities, off what she adds to a roster that desperately needs an influx of, of somebody of her stature. So I hope she goes to AEW.
0: I see your argument, and I don't disagree with it on merit of what you're saying, where
2: A W definitely... with it anyway, so that's cool. No,
0: no, no, I mean, I mean in the fact that AEW needs her, you're correct, because AEW's fucking women's division is awful. I am not a fan of Britt Baker. I will admit she can put on a decent match with the right opponent, but... That's like saying that the worst wrestler can put on a five-star match with Okada. You know what I mean? Like, if you put the best person in there with a shit wrestler, you're still going to get a good match. So, they don't really have a lot of depth. The most depth of a women's division, to me, comes from Impact. But, then again, that's not even on her shortlist because Rosa did put out a little video teasing where she put like the initials on her hip and she was kind of slowly bringing down her shorts of is it going to be WWE, AEW or NWA and she was doing it in a flirtatious kind of way and then she ran off laughing so it's either between NWA, WWE or AEW so using those three options NWA she has the most potential for growth and to be the star because NWA itself is a is rebranding. So if she wants to be at the head of the table, so to speak, she'd go to NWA. AEW's got a lot of issues. It's got a lot of bad women. It's got a lot of bad wrestling. It's got a lot of question marks. What you are going to do there? And WWE, much like you said, it's a little depleted at the moment with Becky out for pregnancy reasons and Charlotte out because of injury and because she's getting her own kind of health things kind of straightened away. But she'll get better matches there between Candice and Shotzi and Rhea and Io, even if she starts on NXT. Like, that's a pretty stacked roster of even independent talent that she's probably worked with a few times. So you'll get great stuff there. And AW, we've yep. already seen her have issues with Evelise cuz Evelise decides to not sell an uh, fucking hammerlock over the head or whatever or anaconda vice whatever exactly Old it was. Nelson
2: or anything. Or yeah,
0: you know what I mean. So, I know what you mean. There there is some good matches but there's also a lot of politics and a lot of bullshit that she's already seen when she's not signed there. So it depends on what you want and it depends on what she wants. So will Tessa probably end up in WWE? I'm 99% sure she'll end up in WWE because AEW would look like a bunch of hypocritical assholes if they signed Tessa with her whole racist and all that other back like all the baggage she has and they're trying to be the inclusive everybody's happy here and this is a a only for nice people kind of brand and then you signed the biggest racist in the women's division. No, I don't think that really I don't think that really flies. So I don't think AEW can run the risk of signing Tessa. And Tessa going to NXT or WWE and Rosa going to WWE would just make more sense because there's more competition and it's just better. And you've already seen they can steer into that whole Halloween skit with Halloween Havoc and Shotzi and and Dexter Loomis and Grimes and all that other stuff. So Rosa would fit into the NXT mold. Would she get lost a little bit in the main roster? Maybe because look at Ruby Riot. Ruby Riot's not a bad wrestler, but she's got no character. She's got no momentum, so we don't fucking know. She's just attached to Liv Morgan, and we're just like, oh great, they both like to wear plaid. Aren't they cute? Hmm. That's that's their gimmick, right?
2: <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, like like we're saying, I think we're both we're both agreeing that. AEW needs her more. She yes. probably has a better opportunity in WWE. Um I mean NWA would be good for her but it's kind of like okay been there done that. She might want she might want to do something bigger, something better, something to expand her portfolio so to speak.
0: Did you see Allison Kay's tweet earlier, Dave?
2: I did, I did not, no.
0: Allison Allison Kay tweeted to AEW about the uh, Layla Hirsch and serena Deep match and she goes oh great it's between two people that even aren't even nwa wrestlers and then she responds to her own tweet going oh wait that's right we only have like three women on our roster never mind ignore me so like even allison k was taking the piss out of the out of the nwa kind of roster and the depth there is or there isn't so
2: there is there isn't
0: well yeah because it's like what well, allison k marty bell and under Rosa. I think that's all they have at the moment, because even Molina's going back to WWE. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm like, eh! So, I don't know. NWA, as sad as it is to say, at the moment, it seems kind of dead on arrival, DOA, if we want to go with a little bit of rhyming and, you know, wordplay I was going for. But that sucks, because Corrigan had a good idea, and then Corona kind of killed it. So now NWA's working with AEW a lot, so maybe Rosa will stick with NWA, and she'll just be that bridge for AEW and get the title back, perhaps. But I'd prefer to see her in WWE because there's just so much more for her to do.
3: Do you want to know where I think she's going to go? Go for it. Well, you'll have to tune in to the DWI podcast this week for that. You're right there. What a tease. What a tease. Dot com, And I don't know. I, you know, well, I, I've, only, I've only had three conversations with her. You know multiple direct message conversations so my opinion on that takeaway of those interactions will be very available this week on the 251st episode of the DWI podcast and I feel like there's going to be some Halloween theme trivia there as well
2: get her on the show get her on DWI so I go there and I can just say
3: I don't know look I hear I, Here's I would, where I think you should go well, and you can tell it. me a fuck I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint as to where I think she's going to go. Do I think she'll continue to message me back when I message her in the stream of our conversation that we've been having? Yes. And it's not often. But she does respond to me fairly quickly when I do message her and ask her to talk, whatever. It's been a while. But – do I think she will ever do one of my podcasts in the near future again because of where she's going? No.
2: There you go, folks. That gave it away pretty quick. Mm-hmm.
0: You're kind of a cunt. You know that, right? I don't mean a sort of term of endearment. You're just a cunt. <laughs>
2: it's, Billy, it's like Billy Butcher cunt, not the other kind of cunt, right? Yeah.
0: Yes, yes, the negative cunt. Like, God. God is a cunt.
2: <laughs> like, I don't
0: mean it as a term of endearment. Wow.
2: <laughs> I don't think we can use that for the title for the episode,
3: Tony.
0: We could. We could. Challenge, God is a
3: cunt. Challenge. Ex- no, 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 not doing it.
0: <laughs> I'm not going to edit it, and you know Greg's not, so.
3: Yeah, but I'm, that not, would be yeah, but I'm not doing that. I'm not, No, I I personally <laughs> I draw the line there, right? Like, I, sure, I'm I'm the asshole. You can call me the cunt or whatever you want to do. That's fine. <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not that much of that. To publish "Pot is War." What you said. I'm not yeah. even gonna say it. In the
2: words of Meatloaf, Tony will do anything for love, but he won't do." I that won't,
0: Tony won't do that. Very no, you you Say too bad. You never know. <laughs>
3: It's too long. It will be orange, I think, is still the leader in the clubhouse. We got one more topic. <laughs> We're going to take a break. <laughs> and we'll be right back,
0: folks.
1: TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Get real with the fever on the dance floor. that I flex on a track, i closing rampage, we can work point with the knock my stop from my left That be rollin' the mad joint. to put your hands in the air Cause there's a party over here, so grab yourself a beer. i we can get a free for. I'm with it, so let me put my big brown beef for. I'm coming with the disco, I can flip so I'ma drop solo tip. Sort for the hoodings in the crowd.
3: I see you guys laughing back there. What's up? You don't like that? You didn't like that?
2: I think Andrew's uh, snort came through in the middle of the song there. So it
0: did. My mute didn't work. <laughs> I mean what there's not... a title for this
2: episode. My mute didn't work. My mute
0: didn't work. That's that's up there. My mute didn't work. I'm writing this down. <laughs> I'm expecting Rockwell somebody's watching me to end of the show since it's Halloween. <laughs> kind of kick so if that means you have to start googling
3: things google no, it cuz I think rockwell i sure. think i just have to add it I, I i had it on here and i cut it got cut we can just play it right How now did we can play That's it right wonderful.
0: now Debra.
3: i already have a ending plan so you can get it now you ask for it you got it toyota he's watching, he's watching. Yeah. The
0: best radio show ever.
2: the greatest thing about this song is it made Rockwell? This Is how great Michael Jackson was?
3: You're going to have to wait, Dave. All right. I was able to talk. All, All right, right, go ahead. Here, I'll pause. Hold on. Go ahead. Tell the story. You don't even need to
1: pause. It. It's
3: fine. Tell it over. Uh, it. I was just saying that
2: I was just saying, this is how great Michael Jackson was in the day that he made this guy into a superstar by just saying a few lines in his song. And sent me Just any, Does anybody else know anything Rockwell did that was worth the shit?
0: Oh, no. Somebody's right. watching me.
3: flat's going to be so, so mad he missed this so, episode
0: yeah
2: so why does rockwell sound like thomas goldby in this song
3: I, I never it's, that.
0: it's because it's oh. The thing
3: to- oh my
2: guys I here
0: just, we go.
3: go big finish big finish
2: Trick or treat, bitches. This is the title for this episode. I always feel like someone's watching me. That might be orange too.
0: That or trick or treat, bitches. I think should be a good title. Oh, trick or that's treat, that's good good bitches. Good I one. think trick or treat, bitches wins. <laughs>
3: all right guys let's get back to the topic at hand it's the fifth topic and i know you know what the fact that we're having fun is something that this gentleman who we have lost is very much known for before all that commotion you heard the fbi theme when they would come down and specifically when tracy smothers would continue his career and be called out to dance in the ring to that song at many independent shows along the way uh Started in a tag team, you know, with Steve Armstrong, WCW, Southern Boys made the heel turn, Young Pistols, went to Smoky Mountain, worked for Jim Cornette, I believe there was uh, Global Wrestling there in between, and then the WWF. Um, Freddie Joe Floyd, baby, Freddie Joe Floyd, jobber, <laughs> jobber to the stars, such as Stone Cold and Triple H, et cetera, et cetera but then ended his career ECW Tommy Wildfire Rich had the pleasure of interviewing that NWA hall of famer what what a great great interviewer what a what a great guy what a legend and and you know and then you got a little Guido and and you got the full-blooded italians the main man mm-hmm. Tracy Tracy Smothers gentlemen he would go on from there and um work plenty of independent scenes you know plenty of people wanted to see him died very young thoughts
0: yeah he even had some time in TNA and I'll I'll let, I'll let you finish this all out Dave because I'm, I'm pretty sure you have more thoughts and memories of him than I do because more more of my vivid memories are when he was part of the FBI and you know watching ECW when I wasn't supposed to when my grandfather was yelling at me to shut the shut the TV off when it was like WPN or something like random fucking channel at like midnight and it was just him and little Guido and fucking a big v- big Vito and you know all that other stuff coming down like it, it was fun he like he had fun he didn't fit in but the fact that in the middle of matches even he'd have a good time to like just dance and and pop the other guy and then they go into the match and it was it was fun and his t- time in TNA was very similar to that, where he was the older guy, kind of bringing the guys in, and he was he was sort of kind of going on his own thing. And then I know that the story came out about a year or so ago that he was had, I think, uh, lymphoma or something like 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 some kind of like cancer, and it w- it was rough because he wasn't that old. But the funny thing is, in my head, at least watching it in ecw and watching in tna he was always like that old guy in the group that didn't quite fit but for fuck's sake he had fun and i thought i did i just find that amusing that he was only 58 when he passed away this year but like he even played the role of the old guy in like the fbi and he wasn't the italian dude like like sally Sally graziano or like like Big Vito, or like little little Nunzio, like he he was just kind of kind of the outlier, but it still worked, and he was fun. Like I don't I don't have a lot of lot of memories of him, which is why I'm gonna deviate to you. But what I remember of ECW and what I remember of his couple pop up appearances in TNA, it was always good and shit. I I love the fact that Twitter today has just been everybody from Josh Alexander, Ethan Page, and LAX and everybody that's relevant right now still has a good story to tell about Tracy Smothers and coming up. So that shows how good of a dude he was, even if it, you know, kind of transcended beyond whatever his gimmick was on TV. Everybody seemed to actually like him as a person. And that, that says something.
2: Yeah. I, um, Tracy was like the last interview i did of a big name star i think on attitude of aggression before no kind shit. of went Hell on yeah. this went on this went on this hiatus that i've been on this perpetual fucking hiatus what was that like uh a few months ago Tony? right wasn't it
3: was it um, early, early summer or late it was spring? early
2: 20 it was in 2020 yeah because the pandemic had set in and tracy had, had talked about that and the story is and this is kind of an interesting story because uh John Cosper is an author, and, and John's written a lot of books, and he collaborated with Tracy on this book called "Everybody Has to Buy This Book" or "You Must Buy This Book or Everyone Dies." I think that's I, I've got I bought the book. And that's so, the name of the book. That's the name of the book, and okay. and and I'd interviewed John about a year earlier, exactly a year earlier, on like the fourth anniversary of Attitude of Aggression, and he wrote a book about uh, the original Black Panther, Jim Mitchell, I think, and so when. John collaborated with Tracy on this thing. And we, you know, I kind of got in touch with him and he arranged the interview. So I was, I did it as a joint interview with John and Tracy. The day of the interview, Wikipedia announced that Tracy had died. And so I sent John a, a message saying, man, my deepest condolences, you know, that Tracy died. He goes, really? That's interesting. I just talked to him. And I'm like, dude, this is what Wikipedia is reporting. And so all of us had kind of a laugh about that during the interview with Tracy. But he was still in the hospital. He was still fighting chemo. He had he was doing better, and that interview was one of the best ones I've ever done because he had so much knowledge and and he and I, he and I kind of bonded a little bit because I wanted to, there was an event I specifically wanted to ask him about, about which was the Great American Bash in 1990 where Sting won the title from Flair, wow. his first title because mm-hmm. I was there that night and
0: hey.
2: I was and and that card that night had. Some like and like, you
0: were thirty five, right? Yeah, right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was twenty two. Andrew, god damn, I'm
0: fucking with what them. a that old,
2: what a dick. I know, but that's yeah, a, I am. Patrick would love that because he loves to you know to rib me about my age. But the goes. opening match for that that card was the uh, the I think they were the Young Pistols by then taking on the Midnight Express so <laughs> far, or the right. Southern Boys. And and that was the opening match. It was the longest match of the night. So he talked about, I asked him about setting the pace for that card. I mean, that card had, Flair and Sting was a big deal. But that card also had this guy, you might have heard of him, Mean Mark, taking on Lex Luger. And never
0: heard of that guy before.
2: Never heard of him. No. And I wanted to know from Tracy, because Tracy's got so, had so much knowledge about the industry and it helped so many people. I was like, did you see anything in Mark that night that would have led you to believe that he would have turned into this. He's absolutely he's like, absolutely. He had something different. He was not real happy about working with Luger. Then again, who the fuck was back then? Uh, and <laughs> you know, that
3: sort of thing. Stan Hansen. So
2: he had I mean he had he had so many great stories about that night and, and 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 that card in particular. And and Flair kind of what Flair went through to pass the torch to Sting that night, even though we know Flair got it back not too long after, but sting was so over and just the atmosphere in that arena. So I love talking to him about that. He was, a uh, I I mean, and he helped so many, like you're saying, Andrew, this Twitter's just been a buzz all day with people wishing, you know, condolences, memories, well wishes. The guy helped out so many different people and so many young wrestlers to kind of impart the knowledge to them that, that they really need to get to that next level. And yeah, it's a tremendous loss. He was a guy I grew up with. And and, I mean, yeah, just the fact that, you know, I was in the arena that night when they kicked off the show and, uh, it's a, it's a massive loss and it it is like 58 years old. That's, uh, that's hard. I mean, you know, and he had, uh, he'd done well at recovering and I think he had, they had, from what I understood from talking with John complications from an umbilical hernia surgery and, um, you know, his, his his had that. Yeah, I mean, his lymphoma certainly compromised things. It wasn't COVID-related. But, I mean, yeah, he was I, – I interviewed him, I remember it now, right <laughs> before WrestleMania took place because I'd asked him okay. about the empty arena stuff. And I, I remember that. It was him, he was on that episode, and Chris Silvio was also on that episode. And I'd asked both of them about the challenges of this empty arena sort of thing that was going on. And, and you know, they both had interesting answers, and Tracy was kind of like, you know, it, it's it, it's something that none of us have really dealt with. Um, and you know, because I wanted to know whether they thought, I wanted to know from him, do you think they should have canceled WrestleMania or should they be going on? And he thought, you know, kind of like the show has to go on, that sort of thing. Um, but he that was a great interview, great guy. Uh, I messaged John today when I got the news. I said, I guess this time it's true. And John's like, Yeah. And I said, Well, it sounds like he went down, you know, fighting. And he goes, Oh, he went down swinging to the very end. So, um, you know, it's it's sad and it's it's unfortunate. It catches the best of us, but yeah, fifty eight's awfully young. I mean, it's like, shit, that's seven years older than me. it's yeah,
0: so in your experience, was he legitimately that sweetheart that everybody's saying? like that that's not exactly the dude answered necessarily. But like everybody seems to say that he was he was always willing to help. and he was always there for everybody. He's trying to always be the the ear, the helping hand. And he was never. He was never above anything and he was always trying to help propel the younger talent or at least smarten them up. Like did I'll, you get that kind of vibe that he was really just that good of a dude in the system?
2: I'll put it this way. The day I interviewed him, he had been in the hospital getting chemo and did not cancel out on this thing. That gives you a little bit of insight of the Oh of wow the, into the integrity of that guy. That he, so it, he did it, the it,
0: interview post chemo. Yes. Oh, wow. Like
2: same, the same day or the day after or something like that. I, I don't, I'd have to go back and listen to it, but he was still fighting and kicking out of this thing and still fighting it and was seemingly on top of it. But yeah, I mean, the fact that they were reporting that he died that same day should tell you that something was going on with him. Mm -hmm. Um, but he had, he had come out of it and he was still okay, but still fighting, still having issues. But yeah, he was still taking chemo. And I think it was either that day or the next day still did the interview. Um, you know, felt like shit. Talked a lot in that in that interview about about what he was going through with the cancer. And I, I think it was in some small way, probably a little cathartic for him to be able to get that out there and kind of express to the fans, "Hey, here's what I'm dealing with. I am a human being, and this is what's going on." But everybody who I've talked to, everything I've read in the book, and talking with John, and he just touched so many people's lives. I saw a lot of stuff on Facebook as well. Uh, I know from talking with John personally that he was a big influence on him and 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 i mean and tracy would like tell john stuff and he tracy was so doped up on the on the chemo he wouldn't remember anything that he told him and and john would be the one to kind of be the historian behind this thing because tracy be like i don't remember what the fuck i said and and john would get it right for the book so that's one of those situations where two guys collaborating with each other really made the project work whereas otherwise it probably wouldn't have worked out so well but uh yeah, he was he was so great to talk to, and just all that wealth of knowledge, and just everything he said during that. And I mean, I'd I'd have to go back and actually listen to it, you know, and and kind of because that was one you of my better interviews. It, I, know, buddy. I know, I know, you Tony. Should, yeah. You
0: should retweet it. I'll retweet it because like he sounds like a great guy just from how you're remembering it, and I feel like kind of a shithead honestly because I was only like fourteen, fifteen around the ECW time, so. I just remember him as the old dude in the, the FBI that didn't quite fit in and he was oh, just kind of dancing and having fun and like so occasionally he'd pop that. up but like that sounds awesome so I think yeah, you I, should totally retweet that I, just,
2: I will do that
0: not 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 even to the, just like you know make make bank off the death or whatever because that's not exact. that's not what i'm no, implying but it's like he sounds like he was a great tribute. dude and this is something that people should hear because if he was that real and that he would convey how he felt after chemo and just like try to relate to you on a human level aside from being like oh yeah i remember wrestling you know like rick martell or Lutler or something like that like he didn't just put himself over he tried to relate to you on a human level like that's fantastic like honey
2: you listened to the interview right yeah when it came up I don't think he put himself over at all did he really I, I, I don't I don't remember him putting himself over at all during that thing it wasn't like what I
3: remember is him telling yeah. everything else that was going on in every story that was he was
0: telling that's amazing right yeah. It wasn't about I, him. honestly just just from a complete fan perspective like the fact that he didn't even try to put himself over and he was just trying to relate to everybody and relate to his situation and just kind of give that part over that's that's amazingly human and amazingly just mortal or just easily relatable, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean I I will I'll do that. I will read re, re- I don't know about reposting it, but I'll definitely retweet or tweet it out again that that episode, so that you can listen to it, Andrew, and hear it for yourself. It was a, uh, it was one of my one of my more memorable ep- interviews, one of the better ones. I mean, you know, and ton, between Tony and I and you two, we've all interviewed a ton of uh of really successful pro wrestlers. He's one of the best ones, one of the best ones that stands out to me as far as an interview goes.
0: No, that's fantastic. Tony, do you have anything to add? Because I know you've done a shitload of interviews in your time. I don't know if you ever got around to him, but like like I said, my, inter- my interactions and, and like perspective, whatever, is very limited to whatever ECW was. If, so I'm assuming you have a much deeper perspective. I,
3: Dave has pretty much said everything there is to say. If you really want to know more about what was going on, you know, at attitude ag, pay attention to the retweet and, and go back and listen to the episode or, or go to, or t- go ahead and plug every plug uh, uh the website as well. Dave, they can probably find it there right now if they want to go there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You can go to uh, attitude of com. It's right there. It's uh, I mean, you'll see the headline. I shit. I'll and, go
3: pull it up. And, yeah. <laughs> ahead, I mean, Tony. It's it's not to get you to go back there and go visit a website that one of us are trying or running yeah, or it's doing or just anything. For clicks. Like, it's, it's not let not. This is this is no way. no no. This is just a really good interview for someone who just left us, and you it'll make you feel better. I think going back and listening to this and hear everything that he had to say, um and and yeah, I mean it, everything you hear. It's funny because. It, it it's not funny to me but like andrew you said all the words that people have passed forward about the man who has left us have all been positive and it's it's you know the yeah. con- the consensus is true there
0: so it's it's tough and and i'll i'll definitely admit the certain blind spots in my fandom where Tracy Smothers and you know certain aspects of the FBI ECW like they just kind of passed by as relics of the past and just relics of oh yeah I remember FBI I remember remember Tracy Smothers I remember ECW that was fun that was goofy but like I didn't follow it beyond that and it seems like with everything everybody was saying he was such a bigger influence and a bigger part of their life even they don't even talk about wrestling like ethan page josh alexander lax like so many people are just posting stuff about how much of a good dude he was and how he was always willing to impart knowledge or just put them over or tell them something it's like i i didn't see that from my personal fandom you know what i mean
2: yeah it's the um it's it was the fifth anniversary show, episode two sixty seven, which tells you I've put out one episode since this one, too. <laughs> I've, been, I've just been so busy with bandwagon nerds and you guys that it's like, why bother putting out my own shit? But uh it was uh April twenty second, two thousand twenty. So yeah, right after or it was right around the time of WrestleMania that I put it out. So um but yeah, I will retweet retweet because that. that was a good episode because it was Tracy John and in the Chris Silvio had a good interview as well on that episode. Shout out to him as well. Very cool. That's it for me guys. I got nothing else.
0: I mean, I'm 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 definitely good leaving it there because like a like I've already said my perspective is limited and Dave you spoke wonderfully and Tony you 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 kind of added your own two cents. It was it was fantastic. So uh, Dave, why don't you tell the good people where they can find you and where they can find this fantastic interview? That's probably one of the last few he did a couple months ago.
2: It, it might be one of the last ones. I have no idea. But um, you can follow me on Twitter at AttitudeAg, that is at AttitudeAgg, or on Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. Also, make sure you are checking out Bandwagon Nerds on the Chairshot.com and follow us at Bandwagon Nerds where you can listen to myself. And the one and only Patrick O'Dowd, who I teased a little bit earlier in this episode, but tremendous guy. fantastic. the leader, the leader of the cl- of the clan there, and now we got Ray Cash on board. So we're going through the oh, villain nice. project. We're going through the villain project right now, listing off the best we did can, the best movie villains.
3: I don't know huh? i I Ray would probably appreciate it if you didn't call it a clan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's the we- Why you got to go okay, there, man? About
0: it. <laughs> because Ray said Ray will the get pack. the joke
3: because he said something to me at three man weave the other day. So that's all good. All
2: right, but uh, but we're doing everybody, the villain because we're coming up. We just did episode fifty of Bandwagon Nerds, and we're coming up on the uh, this is fifty one this week, fifty two one year, and we're going to finish the villain project right there, and then we'll jump right into the Mandalorian season two, which starts Friday. So yeah, lots of good stuff going on in Bandwagon Nerds. So um. Make sure you check that out. We're doing our best villains in DC comics this week, which is in it's right in Ray's wheelhouse and mine. Patrick, not so much because he's a make mine Marvel guy. Not to say we aren't, but you know, Tony, me, Ray, we're kind of more on the DC side. Patrick, definitely more on the Marvel side. So we will, uh, we'll see how it goes this weekend. We just did the independent, independent villains, which was a difficult
0: (laughs) project. You're going to have to keep that Shotzi Blackheart Scream thing in your back pocket just to appease, you if know, she, the German judge that is Patrick O'Dowd. Yeah,
2: if she was a symbiote and she dresses a symbiote, then it was Scream. And she probably got that from Marvel Strike Force because Scream was one of the featured characters there for
0: It looked gross, though, because the only thing I was thinking was, like, reverse Flash because it was yellow and then with red, like, uh, arm guards and boots so I like it was reverse flash to me you know what I, I think mean?
2: she's more of a Marvel girl because she showed up in the Ghost Rider tank so
0: oh that's a good point yeah I didn't even think about that I'm here so, for you buddy <laughs> th- th- thanks for clarifying all of that Andrew you need uh, to
2: tell people where they can find you and all of your wisdom
0: I mean, they, they they can find my wisdom, of course, at IWC War because the IWC needs a War Chief, just like World of Warcraft needs a War Chief. The IWC needs a War Chief, so there, there's there's a lot of nerddom involved in that whole Twitter tag within itself and following I Impact, you know, reviews and articles and New Japan and just Japan in general because I also covered a lot of Noah during the N1 victory and my buddy Matthew Serpacone, uh, you know followed the uh, All Japan Champion Carnival so if you're into Japanese stuff we've got Matthew covering the, or the carnival and a few other stardom events we've got Dave who is doing the Suwama Station which is more focused on all Japan and all things all Japan or things tied to all Japan at least so we, we are not just a New Japan site so when we talk about pro and we would talk about Japan we definitely like to involve most of the big four being Dragon Gate All Japan, New Japan and Pro Wrestling NOAH so it, it's a fun time follow it on thechairshot.com because it's not just wwe it's not just aew we like to branch out pc Tony, how about you where well, can they find you aside from a bar don't you dare say a bar
3: uh what oh sorry i was uh over at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot buying a brand new chair shot t-shirt but you can find me at pc Tony. you can find what me what about
0: your lemonade buddy is it angry or are we still not doing that are, are we doing that still
3: Oh, I don't know. I don't like to listen. To, I, DP plays that on a Winner Is You and other podcasts play it. I don't like to hear myself, so I don't really play it anymore. Go to angrylemonade.net. Stickers, pins, <laughs> illustrations. How's that?
0: No, that's, that's fine. Like, that was one you took up yourself. That's why I threw it out there because I didn't hear that at all this episode. I'm like, what happened to Angry Lemonade?
2: Pot yeah. is War. I don't like to listen to myself. There's a good yeah. title for the episode. <laughs>
0: That's not a bad episode, actually. Hey, everybody. This
3: is PC Tony. I don't like to listen to myself, so I'm going to cut a brand new promo right now. If you're looking for new, brand new pins, stickers, or illustrations, head on over to angrylemonade.net. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to get, I don't know, some kind of discount. Or maybe not, because I'm just filling in the plat roll right now. <laughs> Why don't you head on over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot right now. Use the Use the promo code SPOOKY. Use the promo code KOOKY. Use the you promo choose, code...
1: Spooky use the promo
3: code ookie to maybe save oh some God. percentages oh. over there. All right. AngryLemonade.net. Yeah, you can still get the there Plat, Plat
2: Balaz t-shirt.
3: Plat Balaz 2020. It's oh,
2: the, new, the new slogan, Plat Balaz 2020. It's not too late.
3: Don't vote for
2: them. <laughs> buy the t-shirt. Geez,
0: it's been a, that's not a word. <laughs>
3: But seriously, if you're going to do anything, go over to thechairshot.com. Sports, entertainment, and sports entertainment. No matter what you're a fan of, there's something for you at thechairshot.com. Follow me at PC Tunney.
0: That was good. That that was nice. You tied in the angry lemonade. You tied in the chair shot. You know, pro wrestling tease. You are a fucking professional. Not not quite Miranda. Where you're you're not the most professional you know, podcaster on, on the site, but you're pretty fucking good. It's almost like you're the commissioner or like an intercontinental champion of something.
3: Nope. Nope. Go <laughs>
0: ahead. You don't want to say it?
3: You don't want to bring it up? I'm profe- go for it. I'm professional enough to stop right there.
0: Oh, man, you might be next level professional.
3: Such restraint.
0: Damn, look at you. Oh, Fucking no. damn, I'm impressed. Quit egging this... me on and close the show. All right, all right, all right. We'll close the show. You know, that was Body's War. Have a good time. Come on, all the good stuff on thechairshot.com. You know, we've got the, the news, the reviews, the attitude, whatever you like. You know, I'm, I'm not Chris Platt, but he'll say it better. I'm just going to have fun with it. Do do what you do, watch what you like. We've got a whole bunch of shit and shalom motherfuckers because this is going to be a good time. <laughs> <laughs>
3: You know how they have decompression rooms after, like, you get fired or bad news or something? I feel like listening to Carly Simon, you're after recording an episode of Pot is War is like our decompression room.
0: That could be, actually. That's not a bad analogy.
3: Save big on Brunch for
2: Mom, all in the Kroger app.